As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. The beauty industry has changed dramatically in the past two decades. We've come to know about K-Beauty, which originates from South Korea, and are seeing more homegrown brands introduce us to organic, plant-based, vegan products, and even have some of the biggest brands like Allure boycotting terms like anti-aging, because aging is a natural, inevitable phenomenon, which we should accept and embrace rather than lament. Now, there's a new beauty trend out there, which really goes back to our roots, and it's wild beauty. Yana Blankenship authored a book called Wild Beauty and is here to tell us all about it. She is the founder of Captain Blankenship. Founded in 2009, Captain Blankenship is a green beauty company based in New York's Hudson River Valley that makes hair care, skin care, and body care products and scents with organic ingredients. Social responsibility and sustainability of ingredients and packaging are at the heart of the company, which is a B Corp, Leaping Bunny certified, and part of the 1% for the planet. Captain Blankenship was born out of Yana's desire to create organic beauty products that create a direct link with nature. From its birth in Yana's kitchen, the company has grown into a full product line sold at the Detox Market, Credo Beauty, Anthropology, Folane, CAP Beauty, and over 300 stores nationally and internationally. Captain Blankenship has also launched a gender-neutral skincare and grooming line called Sailor by Captain Blankenship in 2018 that is available in Target stores nationwide. Yana is the author of Wild Beauty, a holistic primer for green beauty rich in practical wisdom, anecdotes, and 45 DIY recipes for natural perfumes, skincare, hair care, body care, teas, and tonics. She lives in Gardner, New York with her husband, two children, dog, and cat. Yana, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. So excited to be here. Wonderful. So I want to start with your book, um, and thank you so much for gifting it to me. It truly is a work of art. I have it on my coffee table. And so in your book, Wild Beauty, you open with the stories of the dynamic men and women in your family who hail from Eastern Europe, and they've truly paved the way for you. So let's start there. Yeah, I think it's so important to speak to our lineage and where we come from, because it definitely is a huge part of our influence and our story. And so my mom's side of the family are Serbian and Montenegrin. My mom grew up between Belgrade and Serbia and a little town called Brusnik on the Bulgarian-Romanian border of Serbia. We have an old stone house in this town that's been in our family for over 500 years. And so many bedtime stories that my mom told me when I was growing up took place there. And it was kind of totally infused with magic stories of my grandmother in the garden gardening, and then a woodchuck would come up with a gold coin in its mouth and, you know, (laughs) buried treasure and all kinds of stuff. So um, that place always just held such lore and, and magic for me. And it's a farming town and all of the family that we still have there, tomato, watermelon farmers, you know, eating off the fruits of the land. And I actually, as a teenager, got to go spend time there with my grandmother staying in that town for the summer. And every morning, a neighbor would roll a watermelon up to our doorstep. Yeah. Um, which was incredible. And the the Serbian word for tomato is paradise. And oh, wow. Exactly, exactly what it tastes like. Yeah, and I grew up with my grandmother who had studied cosmetology and throughout my life really had these rituals in her life that definitely have impacted me. She was always using oil on her skin. My mom's family moved from Serbia to Morocco. My grandparents were both forestry engineers. And so they were hired by the Moroccan government to do a reforestation 
deforestation program. And so my my mom spent a, a lot a lot of time during her childhood in Morocco. And while my grandmother was there, she learned about using argan oil on your skin and hair. And so that was always something that was around growing up and kind of this knowledge that, you know, these plant-based ingredients are as argan oil is called liquid gold for your skin and body. And so my grandmother was uh, was always kind of helping me establish these self-care rituals as a child. One of the ones that I so clearly remember is she always said that you're, you know, every day you should brush your hair a hundred times. And (laughs) I would go there. She lived in Montreal when I was growing up. And when I go visit her, she would always sit me down and, and brush my hair. And it's just one of my favorite things. Like, please brush my hair. Um, makes me so happy. And then one of my last memories of her, she lived to be almost 97, is of her brushing my daughter Mila's hair. So, so there's sweet. a lot of tradition to carry on. You know, it was always about using, you know, whatever was growing around her. Our family in Serbia makes brandy from all mm-hmm. the fruit on their hand. They call it tutti frutti because they throw <laughs> everything in. And my grandmother was always outside kind of gathering herbs, making tea from pine needles. She had so much wisdom to impart. And then my grandmother on my father's side had a wide knowledge on everything. She wrote, I think, 10 books, self-published 10 books, and would go up to Maine every summer. And so I ended up spending a lot of time with her in Maine every summer. And she really, one of my kind of favorite memories of her, she was trying to teach me how to row a boat. Mm -hmm. And we went out to the dock and she put me in the rowboat and she just put pushed me off and she said, row back. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I had these incredibly, you know, strong grandmothers who each very, couldn't be more different, but both had such a huge influence on me. And definitely when I was writing my book, I thought so much about my grandmother, Sheila, who, you know, was always researching on a wide range of topics. And I kind of felt she was there with me while I was writing the book. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love how she wasn't scared to send you off into to the wild, if you know. No, <laughs> and that was always, she was always so supportive of me as I was growing up. She always, you know, if I, I wrote two theses, a, a thesis in college and a master's thesis, and she always wanted to read them and always had a lot of feedback. And I think she just, she wanted to support me and she wanted me to to find my way. Yeah. So, and she wasn't afraid to, <laughs> to let me know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, at the end of it all, they were still your guiding light, you know, that's, that's really, really beautiful. And tell us about your mother and the impact that she had on you. Sure. So another very strong woman. Uh, My mom was actually a fashion designer when I was growing up. And I, kind of similar to what I think my kids' memories will be about me, Mm -hmm. I grew up playing in her sweaters. You know, it was this incredible universe, all of the materials that she got to work with. She traveled all over the world to source materials. She worked with a manufacturing facility in Serbia. So my childhood, she was just, you know, she'd be bringing back things from Hong Kong and from Iceland. And, you know, it was this incredibly rich world um, that she was a part of and weaving all of these connections directly with suppliers, which is like pretty much exactly what I'm doing now. So she had an incredible impact on me. And one impact that she had on me, which now is a positive, but at the time was a negative, is that I was always that kid who was outside making potions, which I think has definitely informed the work that I do now. Now, mm-hmm. um, but I was infusing pine needles and rose petals and mint and water and making potions. And um, my mom, being a fashion designer, being you know going to all the couture shows, she would always come home with perfume, tons of perfume bottles, and mm-hmm. you know she'd get for free. She didn't really care about them, uh, and she had this beautiful mirrored vanity in her bathroom that was filled with perfume bottles. And it was the nineteen early nineteen eighties. Perfume was decadent and exhilarating, and had names like obsession and poison. And so <laughs> I, yeah, opium, so being yeah. a tiny potion maker, I was just, you know, enthralled with these bottles. And so she actually let me mix them all together into my own signature scents. Um, and I actually still have one of the first perfumes that I made at eight years old. And it's in an old Giorgio bottle and it smells exactly like Giorgio. And it has a little white office label on it where I wrote scents of Hawaii. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> doesn't smell anything like Hawaii. But crazy that, yeah, exactly 30 years later, it still smells just as strongly as Giorgio as it did. Yeah. And wow. so those scents are meant to last forever. Um, but from this kind of heavy mixing of synthetic fragrances as a child, I developed a lifelong sensitivity. So every time I smell a synthetic fragrance, which, you know, it's in everything, I get headaches, I feel nauseous, I get dizzy, um, I have a real visceral reaction. So that was right. that was an influence that my mom had on me, but it's actually changed the course of my life. So, um, so in some ways, I'm grateful. In your book, you have this one chapter that begins with a quote about it, and I want to just read that now. Of all the senses, the sense of smell is the one that reaches most readily beyond us, even as it's most powerfully taps the wellsprings of our inmost selves. It has an unparalleled capacity to wake us up, to make us fully human. And that was by Mandy Aftel. The, the chapter is entitled Trusting Your Nose. I love that. I think that we really remember scents. I mean, I think of, you know, the scent of jasmine, for instance, reminds me of my grandmother. I'm all of a sudden transported back in time um, to my, you know, seven-year-old self in India with my nani, what I called her, um, when I smell jasmine, which is really cool. It's one of my favorite scents. I <laughs> love jasmine. I wish that it grew on the East Coast because I would just, think, I'd, be, I'd be swimming in it if I could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell us about how you came up with Captain Blankenship and how it's so rooted in all things natural and naturally fragrant. Sure. So I actually had a whole other career. I was a contemporary art curator. I had gotten a master's in curatorial practice and was on that path and had had this, you know, lifelong sensitivity to synthetic fragrance, but as a kid was always outside making potions and really had this, you know, incredible creative life. I was a painter as well, but, you know, I, I was on this career path and, you know, was not painting anymore. I, you know, buried my nose from synthetic fragrance. So it kind of, you know, abandoned that love of, of scent. And then one day I walked into a friend's store in Berkeley where I was living and I saw this solid perfume compact. It was in a sterling silver case and actually written on it was Jasmine. Mm. And I was like, what is this? And yeah. I opened it and smelled it and it smelled like Jasmine, blood orange and grapefruit, which was exactly what the hills in Berkeley smelled like. The jasmine blooming everywhere and citrus. And I was so intrigued because I had never actually smelled a natural perfume that was so resonant of the sense of the na of the natural world outside. And so I ended up buying it, wearing it, and looking into the perfumer who made it, whose name is Mandy Aftel, and she actually mm -hmm. lives in Berkeley. So it was like okay. this incredible, you know, serendipitous time. And I ended up studying with her. She's still my mentor. She's amazing. If mm -hmm. anyone who's listening has any interest in essential oils, natural perfume. Uh, Mandy Aftel's written two books, one called Essence and Alchemy and one called Fragrant, which are phenomenal. So that was the beginning, kind of this awakening for me where, you know, it was coming back to this love for, for scent, for olfaction. And I started in my kitchen making my own essential oil-based perfumes, which was just such an adventure for me using this rich palette of essential oils. And so the company grew out of that. It started with, with natural perfumes and then grew really organically from, you know, it was 10 years ago. So the market for for uh, clean beauty was very different at that time. And it was really mm -hmm. hard to find, you know, clean swaps for some of the conventional products. And so it was kind of, it started with me being, you know, realizing the things that I was missing in my life uh, in clean beauty. And then friends just saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for a sea salt hairspray or a dry shampoo. Can you make one for me? And mm. so it was you know, really <laughs> fun and a challenge. And so the company just, you know, grew in a very organic way of, you know, what, what am I missing in my life? Um, but it was all always from the beginning about using the best plant-based ingredients that were organic paired with these really lush experiential essential oil-based scents. They weren't just one noted like vanilla or lavender or patchouli. They were always had a lot of dimension to them. And for me, that dimension is really the kind of ritual and joy when you, even if you're putting on something as mundane as deodorant, if it smells really good, 
you know, it brings you kind of a moment of joy and pause and ritual. That was kind of how it grew. And so it started in my kitchen and then kind of by word of mouth. And then stores just started coming to me. And I think it was a time where a lot of the big, big chains were starting to look to boutiques and, you know, see the brands that they were carrying. And so I was very lucky because I really was not out there pounding the pavement. You know, all the stores initially just came to me. Don't have a business background. I'm a creative person, and so I learned. I learned by doing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I think too, if you know, in 2009, someone had said, "Yana, this is what it's like to run a company," I would have been like, "I'm not doing that." So, in some ways, I'm grateful that you know I kind of just dove in and have learned everything um, by doing, and now have a great team helping me. But yeah, so it started in my kitchen and then grew to working with places like Sephora. Anthropology, all the clean beauty stores that started to pop up, which are now just, you know, absolutely thriving the detox market, Credo, Cat Beauty, Felane. And then we launched a line with Target in 2017 called Sailor. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to go into Whole Foods nationwide with Captain Blankenship next week. Huge. That's huge. I mean, yeah. And, and you've been on this journey how long? It's been 10 years. I mean, for someone who has an idea, or in your case, it was like so rooted in your entire life and it was more of a awakening and aha moment that it's like, oh, I could totally do this. You know, what advice do you have for, you know, the entrepreneurs out there? It's so much about timing and it's so unpredictable. And for me, you know, I, I feel lucky that when I had that aha moment and started the company was when, you know, it was like just at the beginning of the growth of clean beauty. Um, but I definitely do a lot of entrepreneurs who are starting out come to me for advice. And I really do think, you know, if this is your passion, if this is your truth, if your heart and soul is in this, if your intuition is telling you that this is what you need to do, then you need to do it. Mm, There's nothing else. You got to, you got to do it. You got to listen. And it's going to bring you, even if it takes some time to find the right channels for that thing to land, if you keep doing it and doing it with passion and integrity, it's going to happen. Exactly. What I love about um, that quote, this idea that scent kind of taps into um, the most secret wellsprings of ourselves and that it can unlock age-old memory is just with one whiff. You know, what's interesting about our sense of smell is that while it is incredibly powerful for all of us, every time we breathe, we smell. But I think Mm. people, because people have been, you know, so used to now the smells of synthetic fragrance um, and kind of not not tuning into the smells of the natural world, I think it's, I think it's really kind of very important to reclaim that and to reclaim your relationship to smell because scent is incredibly powerful. Um, Our sense of smell is one of our first senses to develop. It develops in the womb. And when a baby is born, its mother recognizes it by smell. A baby recognizes its mother by her smell. Those, And I see it in my own children, you know, these reactions to scent that they have because it's still so new to them. And I think, you know, as we get older, we kind of don't tune it in as much, but scent is incredibly powerful. It's incredibly healing to us. I think if you were to ask most people what the sense, the first sense is that they would sacrifice, you know, you have to get rid of something. Most people Mm. would say scent. But if you lose your sense of smell, which is an affliction called anosmia, the people in your life lose dimension because everyone has their own smell. You know, as try as hard as some people do to mask it with, you know, different scents, we all have our own characteristic sense of smell. And I believe that it's how we, you know, it's part of the way that we choose our mate, you know, it's part of the mm. way that we sense the world, just like a dog sees the world through smell. Smell is this, you know, incredible sense that helps us navigate. And that's why I always say, trust your nose, you know, it's like trusting your intuition. It's going to leave you good places. If you follow the smells that smell good to you, mm-hmm. uh, if you can't smell the aroma of food, you know, where is the pleasure? So right. scent is this, you know, it adds dimension to our life in uncountable ways. And so part of the part of what I like to do in my products is kind of awaken people to these senses, to use, you know, beautiful essential oil-based scents that are resonant of the natural world. Even I was at an event a couple of days ago and a woman came up to me and she's like, you're the maker of my favorite deodorant. It smells <laughs> so good. And so I, you know, even something that's like, it's a ritual that you do 
you every day. But, you know, the fact that you love the way that it smells means a lot to me when people recognize that. Yes, absolutely. Um, So tell us the difference between natural and synthetic scents. So essential oils are made from the steam distillation of plant material. And essential oils have been made throughout time. Cleopatra used essential oils. So essential oils are, are made from plants. And synthetic fragrances are not made from plants. They're developed in laboratories and often in the same laboratories that develop the natural flavors or flavors that are used in food. And so synthetic fragrances were made as a cheap alternative to mimic the sense of the natural world. Um, And most uh, synthetic fragrances are made from a cocktail of different petrochemicals. Mm -hmm. So there's really nothing natural about synthetic fragrance. And they're also built to last. They're built to wear you know, with a perfume, you don't want to have to reapply it. And so they're meant to cling. And the issue with that is that they actually enter into your bloodstream, um, but they also stay on hair, skin, clothing, bedding, you know, anywhere. And it's, uh, they're incredibly toxic. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the difference with an essential oil is it wanes over time, um, which I think is really beautiful. Like, like anything naturally does, you know, it, right. it smells one way and then it kind of develops over time. And then, you know, you might need to reapply every couple of hours, but I would always take that over having something that's going to stay on my body for days and days and days. And I do not know the consequences, the health consequences of it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, tell us about the different notes, um, base, middle and top. Sure. So kind of similar to music, um, base, middle, top note, chord, Mm. there is a direct relation to music when you talk about essential oils and, you know, creating a harmonious perfume means, you know, balancing the base notes, middle notes and top notes. They all relate to each other. And actually something that I like that Mandy Aftal says is that, you know, a perfume is a more is more than a sum of its parts. So in that way, right. you know, you can, putting in all these elements together, they're each, you know, have their own unique smell, but when they come together, they are something entirely different. It's a work mm. of art. And so a nice way to think about um, the base notes, middle notes, and top notes and what they are is, and this is something I learned from Mandy Aftel, is that thinking about a tree. So the base notes are the roots of the tree, and they actually are made out of roots. Things like vetiver, oak moss vanilla, seaweed, patchouli, sandalwood, Mm. like very resinous, often made from roots. Vetiver is made from grass, from the roots of grass. They tend to be kind of heavier, earthier scents that really hold up the perfume. So they're like the roots of the tree. They're the base of the perfume um, and they wear the longest. Mm -hmm. And then the middle notes are the leaves and the flowers in a tree. And so there are things like jasmine, rose, pine, spruce, beautiful, the beautiful florals, the the scents of leaves, you know, these kind of the bursting forth the blooms of the tree. Mm-hmm. And then the top notes are the fruit of the tree. So citrus, which are some of my favorites, tangerine, grapefruit, sweet orange, bergamot, but also spices, clove, mm. pepper, um, herbs, basil. So they're, you know, kind of the beautiful and the more kind of culinary parts of the perfume, but they are, right. the, they're the most fleeting. They're actually what you smell first in a perfume, but they kind of, div- they kind of melt into the rest of the perfume. They, they last for the least amount of time. Mm, that's great. Now tell us about the, um, the way essential oils are made. Essential oils are made through the steam distillation of plant material and you use a still. There are many different types of stills. It's kind of the traditional one that I think most people imagine is a copper alembic still, um, but they're glass stills, all types of metal stills. It's actually very similar to the process of distilling alcohol. Um, you start with the raw plant material and then you heat it up and what happens is a steam distillation and as the um, plant separates into both hydrosol which is like rose water orange water those are hydrosols which is water that's infused with the plant material and so along comes the hydrosol and then also with it a little bit of essential oil which is the most concentrated essence of a plant Um, and so what you're left with at the end of a distillation 
is a lot of hydrosol and floating on the top of the hydrosol is essential oil. But right. the yield um, is incredible. You are yielded, you know, a large amount of hydrosol and a very small amount of essential oil. And sometimes people, I think, think that essential oils are so expensive, but there's a reason for that. They're incredibly concentrated and you're supposed to dilute them. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to use most essential oils directly on your skin. There are a couple of exceptions, but you're supposed to dilute them in water, in, in alcohol, in a carrier oil. And so something that I like to talk about when it comes to how precious an essential oil is, is I think of rose, which, you know, it's so such an incredible scent. Um, and it actually takes 60 roses to make one drop of rose essential oil. Wow. So think about wow. that when you use it, you know, it's, it's incredibly beautiful and decadent, incredibly precious oil. Um, I mean, they all are, but I think rose to so many people is like the scent of scents. And mm -hmm. you have this essential oil. It's most rose essential oils are $600 an ounce, but there's a reason for that. You use it very sparingly. Right, right. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So the EU has banned 1,300 ingredients in personal care, but the US has only banned 30. What are some of those ingredients that we should just steer clear from? In my book, Wild Beauty, I have a list of kind of my top ingredients that I think it's best to avoid, but I'll give you kind of my top three, which are, as you mentioned, parabens, which are the most common preservatives used in personal care products in the U.S. Methylparaben, propylparaben appear um, in up to 90% of products out there. Um, mm -hmm. Shampoos, conditioners, body washes, lotions, sunscreens. And what's dangerous about parabens is that they have estrogen-like properties and they're linked to breast cancer um, and they're ubiquitous. They're in everything. It's incredible. I've looked at, you know, some of the some of the products that are dermatologists recommended. You look at the ingredients list and it's mostly the top ingredients are parabens. So oh my goodness. I think I'm just, you know, I, I, I part of my practice is really trying to educate people about how to read an ingredient list and kind of what to look out for in there. So the other ingredient that you referenced that I think it's really important to look out for is phthalates, which are actually used to give flexibility to plastics, which is crazy that they end up mm, in personal care products. But my they, goodness. Yeah, but they serve the same function in personal care products, giving flexibility. Um, they also are used in perfumes to extend the scent of the perfume. And some of the most common words for phthalates that you'll find in products are diethyl phthalate, which is known as DEP, dimethyl phthalate, DMT and dibutyl phthalate DBP. So it, they could have those abbreviations um, in there. And then the other thing, and this is like a Pandora's box right here, um, are petrochemicals, which, as I was mentioning, synthetic fragrance can be made of thousands of different petrochemicals, um, and they're incredibly common in most beauty products. Um, but some of, some of the kind of common ingredients that have petrochemicals in them are things like propylene glycol, words that have propyl in them. And actually, propylene glycol is a common ingredient in antifreeze, but also in personal care products. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then mineral oil, which, you know, ends up in a lot of things, petroleum jelly, which is one of my favorite products to talk about because of course it's a petrochemical. It has the word yeah. petroleum. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's in diapers as well. Um, if you're not using yeah, a non-toxic diaper. Um, yeah. It's just, it's so alarming how they are ubiquitous and they're everywhere. And, and, you know, for an unassuming consumer, they are like, okay, um, you know, th this pediatrician recommended or physician yeah. recommended bread should be fine, but it's not. It's um, not. But, you know, there are ways around it. And what's great is that, you know, we are challenging the big retailers um, on the market now. And we have so many homegrown brands, you know, like Captain Blankenship that, you know, are disrupting the market, allowing us to truly get back to our roots and use things that are natural. So when you think natural, sometimes you think less efficacious. Mm -hmm. Do you find this to be true? Does natural really work? I believe it with all my heart and soul that natural works and is often more efficacious. An example of that to me is a lot of the cleansers that we use on our skin and hair. The conventional ones are incredible 
incredibly stripping to skin and hair. And you're actually doing yourself a disservice by using them because they strip your skin and hair of its natural oils, which leads to an overproduction of oil. Oh, yeah, it's true. So, you know, when we were talking about the unnatural ingredients um, out there, Mm -hmm. is the only reason why um, brands are doing that? Because, um, I mean, here's just throwing it out there. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's cheaper. Number two, they need to have these preservatives in there so that the products last longer. And then, you know, that's what can actually be more detrimental. Like you mentioned, you know, can strip your your scalp of natural oils. Is it the preservatives and, you know, the fact that they just, you know, made it cheaply? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's a mixture of both. I think that all of these ingredients, the petrochemicals are incredibly cheap to make. They're not, I mean, if you think about it, they're not grown in fields. They're not from right. the earth. They're synthesized endlessly in a laboratory. So, you know, that's one, they're incredibly cheap. Um, and then also with the preservative factor, I mean, all of the products that I make, I'm putting natural pers- preservatives in them, food grade preservatives. So they will last, you know, they're not mm-hmm. going to spoil after a couple months. They're, you know, they're meant to sit, th- to be okay for two years. But the problem is that a lot of companies with those um, cheap preservatives are, are preserving something so it can, you know, last for 10 years, which isn't necessary. Right. Right. It's true. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's another thing. That's a whole other conversation, but the fact that we should be throwing out things that, you know, you can, um, deduce that it's like, okay, this is expired by now. Um, yes, it's been yeah. a few years, <laughs> whether it's, it's a, years. yeah, exactly a product that's like made from natural ingredients or not. I mean, everything has a shelf life. Um, so tell us from your experience and, um, your vast knowledge on this, if we were to categorize ourselves into a certain skin type, and I feel like this kind of translates into scalp as well, dry, oily, or combination, mm-hmm. um, what products would you recommend for those skin? types. Sure. Well, if your skin is dry, um, and especially it's a winter right now, I have dry skin, give it moisture, give it what it wants, give it oil, give it balm. Don't be afraid of oil. Don't be afraid of um, shea butter and cocoa butter, which are some of my favorite. I just Mm. feel like dry skin just drinks in those oils. And I think people are often worried about using oil on their skin because it's going to be you know, it's going to make me break out. It's going to make my skin look greasy, but actually our skin has its own oil. It's called a sebum and it's closest, the oil that it's closest to is a hobo oil. Mm. Our our skin needs oil. It drinks it up. So using things that are oil-free is just going to, you're just going to end up with drier skin. And as I was saying, if you strip your skin of moisture, it leads to an overproduction of oil. So don't be afraid to use butter, to use oil on your skin you know, our bodies know what they need. And if we trust our intuition, you know, if your skin's dry, give it something to drink. Right. (laughs) Give it what it needs. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Moisturize, hydrate it. What about if you have oily skin? You know, a lot of the, I think the danger with oily skin is that a lot of people kind of subscribe to the idea that, oh, I need a, I need to cleanse my skin all the time. I need to use, you know, products that have a, a strong cleansing system. And a lot of those products um, have pretty harsh surfactants in them. And so what it does is it leads, if you strip your skin of moisture, as I was saying, it leads to an overproduction of oil. So you're doing yourself a disservice if you're over cleansing your skin. Um, So look for kind of gentle cleansers with plant-based surfactants. And then also, you know, maybe sometimes using a gentle cleanser, sometimes using an oil-based cleanser. I think it's really important when your skin is oily to use toners, which balances the natural pH of our skin. And one of my favorite ingredients, plant-based ingredients in a toner is witch hazel. Okay. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Um, Witch hazel, aloe, green tea, rose, all great ingredients in a toner, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And then if your skin is combination, speaking to that, you know, speaking, if it's feeling, if it's feeling dry, give it moisture. If it's feeling oily, you know, use your toner, try to use things that are, as as I was mentioning, you know, a gentle cleanser, um, toners with rose hydrosol in them are great for all skin types. Um, you know, a natural essential oil-based blemish treatment is nice too. And then also something that I meant to mention is using masks and tailoring mm-hmm. masks 
to your skin type. Um, if you have oily skin, masks with French green clay are great. They really draw out impurities. Combination skin, dry skin, looking at either if it's combination, French clean clay, if it's kind of dry and a little bit of combination, French pink clay is a really nice one or kaolin clay because they're a little bit gentler and aren't going to you know dry out your skin. But I really do think it's important to tailor things to your skin type. And the other thing that I always say is do not, obviously you might not use the same skincare in the winter that you would in the summer, right. you know, adapt it to the seasons, but don't change everything. You know, I think sometimes those sample boxes do people a disservice because your skin craves regularity and, right. you know, you shouldn't be switching things up every week, you know, and, and I think too, it's like, you have to stick with things for a couple of months at least to see if they're working for you. Right. Um, so be patient and, you know, and listen to your skin. It's going to tell you what it needs. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Great advice. So in your book, you have 45 DIY recipes. And for those of us who, you know, weren't as experimentative um, with making toners and cleansers, um, I love that you're challenging us to do that and, you know, get things um, from our kitchen and, and make things from scratch. What are some of your recipes or top recipes that you could share with us now? Sure. And I, I feel like there's two recipes that I'm coming back to right now being winter and just, you know, out of necessity in the house. And one of them, my daughter Mila uh, is six and she is the first of us when winter hits, her lips get so chapped. Mm. And so I wanted to create kind of a kid-friendly recipe for a lip scrub uh, because I think a lot of people go out and buy lip scrub, but you can make it in your kitchen with just a couple of ingredients and it's just as great, if not better. It's a very kind of decadent little lip scrub with three ingredients and it's um, one tablespoon of cane sugar, mm-hmm. half a tablespoon of coconut oil, and half a teaspoon of cooked powder. And so it's this like sugar, coconut, chocolate delight. And you just rub it into your lips and wash it off. And you might end up eating a little bit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Delicious. Exactly. But exactly. Yeah. And every, I think most people have those ingredients in their kitchen and you can whip it up in, you know, less than a minute. The other recipe, and this is like a tried and true one of the first recipes I developed um, and it's for an all-purpose balm. It's great for dry lips, dry hands, any rough spots. And I feel like in our family, we're just constantly <laughs> like rubbing it all over each, uh, all of us. We're always, you know, fighting for the tin. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one and a quarter cups of oil mm-hmm. and you could use many different carrier oils. You could use olive, you could use jojoba, you could use sunflower, you could use almond. You could use a mixture of any of those, but you just need one and a quarter cups of a carrier oil Mm -hmm. and then half a cup of bees or yeah, half a cup of beeswax or vegan wax if you want, one tablespoon of shea butter, and you melt all of those together um, in a glass jar. Mm -hmm. And then once they cool a little bit, if you want to, you could add essential oils in. And a nice one to add in is lavender essential oil. And you could add in one teaspoon of lavender essential oil, which equals 100 drops. Um, But of course, there are other things you could use. You could use sweet orange. You could use rose geranium. Um, You know, you could kind of tailor it to whatever you want. Eucalyptus, your personal take. And then you just pour it into either metal tins or a glass jar. And you will definitely be using it all the time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to use it. And I'm so glad that... The kids are going to be on board this bandwagon too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us now about your business journey and how you came up with the product lines that Captain Blankenship has. Sure. So as I was mentioning before, it was definitely very organic um, from the beginning. You know, it grew from perfumes to skincare to hair care to body care. And it's been interesting, definitely for the Captain Blankenship line, some of the first products that I developed were hair care products. Um, Our mermaid sea salt hairspray, dry shampoo and hair oil were some of the first products I developed. And 10 years later, they're still our hair 
zero products. Um, mm-hmm. And as the market for clean beauty has grown so much, there's so many great brands in the space and there's so much great skincare and body care, but we see a lot of room for growth within hair care. So for Captain Blankenship, that's actually where we're putting our energy right now is into expanding our hair care line. We're going to be launching shampoo and conditioner in April, and I could not be more excited about oh, that. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and so tell us how like your hair care products help for various types of hair. So whether it's straight or curly or dyed, like what should we be using? Sure. And I think part of the idea behind our hair care products from the beginning is that we don't see, you know, different hair types. It's not a problem, you know, it's like, it's to celebrate your hair mm. and enhance it with products, you know, to celebrate that beauty. So we formulate products that are really meant to enhance um, and work with your hair. Um, and so we're, we're known for products that are very casual and effortless. They're not high maintenance products. I don't recommend using, you know, five different products on your hair at once. Um, mm-hmm. Really, you know, choosing products that work with the hair type to, to bring it to life. Um, and so our dry shampoo is one of our hero products. And I have to say, as a mom, I live by dry shampoo. I mean, I formulated it 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but I don't think I really understood until I was a mom, like how integral it was to my life. And it's funny, it's like everyone on our team has children and we're all, we live by our dry shampoo at Captain Blankenship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what I like about our dry shampoo is unlike most of the dry shampoos on the market, it's not an aerosol. Aer- aerosols contain butane, which is lighter fluid. Um, and then also a lot of ingredients that are both harmful to you and also harmful to the environment. So our dry dry shampoo is powdered. You just sprinkle a little bit in your roots, work it in with your fingers, and it adds volume, absorbs oil, masks grease. Um, It's a wonder worker. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for gifting me so many of the products to try. I love the mermaid dry shampoo as well. You know, because it is a powder, it's not as, it doesn't feel as crunchy. Your hair just feels like it's still movable and like lustrous. And so I'm a fan. Um, So then the other kind of staple of our line besides the dry shampoo is our mermaid sea salt hairspray. For me, I formulated it when I couldn't find a sea salt hairspray that didn't have uh, chemicals in it. And I wanted something that had ingredients that everyone could understand that didn't leave your hair feeling crunchy like a lot of sea salt hairsprays do, but really enhanced the natural wave, added a little bit of curl and, and a little bit of hold and then smelled amazing. And so our sea salt hairspray has very simple ingredients in it, like sea salt, organic aloe vera, organic sea kelp extract, and mm-hmm. then this really beautiful mix of organic essential oils um, that leaves kind of a beachy, rosy scent. I actually love using both the sea salt hairspray and the dry shampoo in conjunction to give my hair a lot of life and texture. And so you just spray it all over your hair from roots to end, just scrunch with your fingers and style, and it'll give you that mermaid hair. And actually those two products are mermaid sea salt hairspray and our mermaid dry shampoo in travel sizes are going to be what's at Whole Foods nationwide. So we're really excited. That's amazing. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I'm excited for people to discover them because for me, that's like the secret to, to my hair and it's, you know, it doesn't take any time. It's low maintenance, great ingredients. And I, you know, the part of the idea behind dry shampoo too, is washing your hair less. So you're not stripping it of oil saves you a lot of time too. Um, but those two products in conjunction are kind of what keeps my hair looking great all the time. Yes. Yes. Tell us about your journey as a mother, um, and what your family dynamic is like. Sure. So I have, um, little ones. Mila is six and a half and Caspian is four Mm. and it's been, you know, joyful chaos the whole way. Um, (laughs) but I couldn't be happier. Yeah. It was right when Mila was born was when the company started to grow. So it's been, you know, exciting and all encompassing, but I love being their mother and it's really 
really incredible. They're kind of at ages now where they're really good friends. They're playing, you know, imaginative play all the time together. And it's just, it's incredible to watch. And I think, you know, my, my husband Levi also, he's an alternative energy at a geothermal company. We're both working, you know, our careers are both things that we really are passionate about and believe in for the health of the planet. And I think, you know, we're, it's incredible to see our children so interested in what we're doing. And I like, even though it's, you know, it's crazy that we're both working so hard, you know, I'm glad that they can see that work ethic and also see us doing both doing things that we're really passionate about. But part of that as well that I've been realizing lately, is just the importance of being fully present with your children. You know, you can have all the, you know, healthy, great family, children, career, all of these things. But if you're not present, if you're distracted, if your mind's elsewhere, if you're not really there with your kids, everyone feels it. And there's so much joy to be found, you know, in being present for those moments. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about this year is just, you know, relax, don't stress, be there, be there for them, be there for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Actually someone, um, a friend who's a meditation teacher, um, has kind of an online meditation community called uh, nowhere village. And in one of her Mm -hmm. meditations recently, she had this phrase, which was drop your anchor into the present, which really resonated okay. with me. Yeah. I love that idea of just like, drop it, be here now. Right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And I think that, you know, when things are just touch and go and when you have young kids and I mean, sometimes they react with this fight or flight reaction. And as parents, sometimes we do too. You're reminding us to um, take a step back and just reassess and, and know that like, this is what's happening in the here and now and, and let's be mindful of that. Could you share a time in your children's lives where you trusted that intuition of yours, your mom sense? Yes. Something that happened recently that was really incredible in terms of kind of trusting your intuition and knowing what you need, which I think only gets so heightened when you become a mother. You're kind of hyper intuitive. And so mm-hmm. um, I had had a you know a stressful week and my daughter Mila is an incredible artist and that's something I really you know, kind of love to support and foster in her. Um, ever since she was two, she was, you know, making these incredible drawings and they only become more and more elaborate um, as she gets older. And so we were drawing together and I asked her to draw me a sign that said, slow down mama. And uh-huh. um, I wanted to be able to have it as a cue and like as something to reference when it was like, okay, you got to slow down. You got to be here. You got to enjoy this time. <laughs> and it was so cute. We have a Siberian Husky. Mm-hmm. And so she drew, you know, she wrote slow down mama and like really vibrant colors. And then there's a picture uh-huh. of me walking our dog. And like, I come up to a stop sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's cute. wow. Yeah. yeah. I she gets her artistry from uh, your, she gets her artistic sense from you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I love drawing with her, but it was like a really nice kind of thing to share, you know, to like encourage her to draw something for me. And, you know, I definitely think she's my teacher as much as I'm her teacher. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love it. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? Yeah, you know, at different times in my life, I feel like there are different quotes that really resonate with me. And there's one recently, and it's a book that if you haven't read it, I highly recommend um, Women Who Run With the Wolves. And it's Mm -hmm. by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And it was Mm -hmm. a book that I saw on my mom's shelf when I was growing up, you know, kind of been wanting to read for so long. And then I read it last year. And I think it's going to be a book that I read again and again. Um, And so it's a a quote from that book. And it is, go out in the woods, go out. If you don't go out in the woods, nothing will ever happen and your life will never begin. For me, going out in the woods is like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. To go hiking. So (laughs) in that way, but also, you know, the kind of spirit of stepping outside, what you're comfortable with, exploring, adventuring, you know, learn, continuing to learn and evolve. So I, I love that idea mm-hmm. too. That's yeah. there, embedded in there. Thank you for encouraging us to do that. I mean, there's so many of us that are living in the concrete jungle in New York or big metros, and 
you know, we forget that because we don't have it in our backyard. But I mean, however we can make time, it's so important to reconnect with nature. Yes. And the rhythms of nature, which are so much a part of the rhythms of our own lives. And, you know, even if you're living in a city, if it is kind of using plant-based ingredients and relishing in that, going to the park, trying to, you know, take some time outside, breathing in the air, recognizing smells, you know, connecting yourself back to the natural worlds. Um, it's just so incredibly grounding. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. Okay, now on to Mom Hall where we share our most favorite products, and it could be really related to any vertical parenting, wellness, kids, whatever you want. Um, is there a certain product like that that you're loving right now? Yeah. I mean, I think I just spoke to it, but as you know, as a parent, the mermaid, our mermaid dry shampoo, I cannot Mm -hmm. speak highly enough to how much time this has saved me in my life as a parent. And as everyone knows, mornings are such a work in progress and there's never, I mean, I feel like usually I have like 30 seconds to get ready. And so that has just saved me so much time. Um, And then the other thing, which just brings so much joy to my life is using a jade roller Mm. with some face oil. And I, I got one from the detox market and love it. And a little hack to share is putting it in the freezer. And it's even if you only have like, you know, 30 seconds to a minute in the morning, I love being able to wake up, take it out of the freezer and roll it over my eyes. It just feels so good and like such a nice way to wake up. Yeah. But that's just such a joy. So those are kind of two little, you know, mom rituals that I love to do. Um, And I actually, my my children are always taking the jade roller and using it themselves. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. They're already like exposed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, mimicking everything. Yes. Um, I have a uh, mom haul item as well. Um, it's called the face halo. And, um, you know, speaking of all natural, it's essentially this sponge that's a great makeup remover. And of course, you can use, you know, coconut oil or something like that. But this is great if you if you don't want to. Um, and you just literally wet the sponge um, and it just wipes away. It's amazing. Um, so we'll link that in the show notes as well. So now that my uh, listeners are super intrigued and enamored by Captain Blankenship, where can we find you? So you can find my book, Wild Beauty, on Amazon and uh, at your local bookseller. You can find Captain Blankenship products on our website, captainblankenship.com and at the detox market, Credo, Cat Beauty, and Whole Foods very soon as well. Um, and about 500 boutiques nationwide. And then we also have our line sailor by Captain Blankenship that's available on our website and at Target stores nationwide. So I hope you try the products. I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks. Yes, yes, we definitely will. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so insightful um, for you to share, you know, what natural means and what wild beauty means and how we can very easily infuse, pun intended, um, (laughs) these rituals into our life. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Mama, are you ready to just get wild and explore wild beauty? This was such an informative chat with Yana. She knows so much about what the natural beauty industry is all about and what the ideal ingredients are and the oils and the synthetic ingredients that are out there. And I feel like, you know, when you listen to someone like that, who's authored a book about wild beauty, it's it's really enlightening. You're like, oh my goodness, what were we doing for the first I don't know, 20 years of our lives wearing, you know, cosmetics and using skincare products that had all the ingredients we should have been avoiding this whole time. So thankfully, knowledge is power and we can make a shift now. Yana has provided an exclusive promo code for all of you out there, my listeners. If you log on to her website, captainblankenship.com, and that's Captain B-L-A-N-K-E. N-S-H-I-P.com. Um, use the code MOMSENSE20 in all caps and you receive 20% off your order. Thank you so much for that, Yana. 
And to all the listeners, thank you for your support and your engagement. I love hearing from you. As always, follow me on Instagram at KanikaXOXO. Log on to my website, um, browse my blogs and my YouTube videos at thatstotalmomsense.com and write to me. I read every one of your emails. Um, and that email is thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.